You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Of course, the self-isolation, the coronavirus shutdown is still going. So what we're going to do in today's show is look back at another season. We've already done a year from the 80s. We've done a year from the 90s. Now we're going to the early 2000s and looking back at the 2002-2003 NBA season. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. Now this 2002 NBA season, of course, this was a year that the San Antonio Spurs won the title. They beat the New Jersey Nets in the final. Uh, they went through, beat the Mavericks in the conference final, the King, uh, the Lakers uh, the round before that, and they beat the Suns in the first round, while the Nets got through the finals after beating the Pistons 4-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, some interesting stuff, obviously, happening in, uh, in this season. Uh, Kevin Garnett was the All-Star Game MVP. It was a double overtime game for this All-Star Game as well, something which we haven't really uh, hadn't seen for, for ages. It was the longest All-Star Game uh, in NBA history. This was Michael Jordan's final season in the NBA, of course, as a member of the Washington Wizards. This was the year that Kobe Bryant broke the record for most threes in a game. Of course, that is currently held by Clay Thompson. Kobe hit 12 in a game in this season, and Clay now has that record with 14. It was also the end of David Robinson's career and the end of the Carl uh, Malone John Stockton tandem. This was Stockton's last season, and Malone would go to the Lakers the year after. So, a lot of legends retiring after this season and a lot of changes, I guess, happening across the NBA. This was a year that Terry Stotts came in mid-season to be the Atlanta Hawks coach. That's interesting. Of course, he is currently the coach of the Portland Trailblazers, while Elvin Gentry was coaching the Clippers in this season. He got fired during the year as well, replaced by Dennis Johnson uh, as the coach of the Clippers. In terms of individual awards and uh, statistical stuff, Tracy McGrady led the league in scoring, 32 points per game. Interesting if you guys know who the number one... I'll give you, if you are watching this uh, before you, you have cheated and looked at the answers, tell me who you think the top five fantasy players were. Eight cat per game rankings for this season. Tracy McGrady led the league in points, 32 a game. Ben Wallace in rebounds. Jason Kidd in assists. Iverson led the league in steals. Theo Ratliff in blocks. Eddie Curry, field goal percentage. Allen Houston in free throws. And Bruce Bowen shot 44% from three to lead the league there. Timmy Duncan was your MVP. Amari Stoudemire was your Rookie of the Year. Ben Wallace, Defensive Player of the Year. Most improved was Gilbert Arenas. Bobby Jackson was the sixth man of the year. While the NBA, all-NBA first team, Garnett and Duncan, Big Shaq. Big Shaq. Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady. That was your first team All-NBA. Dirk, Chris Webber, Ben Wallace, Jason Kidd, and Iverson on the second team. Your all-rookie first team was Stoudemire, Yao Ming, Karon Butler, Drew Gooden, and Nene. It was... um Actually, uh, Yao Ming started uh, as a rookie in the All-Star game in this in this one, which hadn't really... Ha- I don't think it had happened before at all. If we go to the draft, it was a pretty rough draft. We only really got four uh, All-Star caliber... In fact, not... We only got four all-star players out of this draft. Yao Ming at number one, Amari Stoudemire at number nine, Karon Butler at number 10, and then in the second round, Carlos Boozer at number 35. There's some interesting names later in this draft, but otherwise it's pretty rough. Jay Williams went at two, Mike Dunleavy went at three, Drew Gooden at four, um, Nikolai... I can't remember how to say this guy's name. Uh, Shikashvili, that's... Yeah, he went at five. Nene went at seven. Uh, Chris Wilcox at eight. Yeah, not a lot. Had this a real weird draft. A lot of internationals. I think it set a record for most internationals drafted in this one. Six in the first round. But that's a little run there between Karon Butler all the way through to we go to Tayshawn Prince at 23. There's some rough names. Melvin Eli, Juan Dixon, Curtis Borchardt. 
Um, Nenad Kristic went at 24. John Salmons at 26. Your mate Dan Dickow went at 28. This was the year that Minnesota had to forfeit their first round pick due to salary cap violations. Uh, but the second round, there are some interesting names that do appear there. Dan Gadzurich in the second round, just one pick before Carlos Boozer. Juan Carlos Navarro went in the second round. Matt Barnes went in the second round. Um, Raziel Butler, RIP, he went in the second round. Luis Scola with the second last pick in this draft as well. While we had Udonis Haslam as an undrafted player. so And Smush Parker, actually, as well, who were in this draft, and they didn't get drafted. But with some of the names that got drafted, though, of course, those blokes should have been picked uh, in this one. This was also uh, David Anderson from Australia. He was drafted in this draft in the second round, who was an unbelievably good Olympics player. Didn't really do much in the NBA. I think he played a little bit for the Rockets, maybe. But uh, unbelievable player in Europe and, uh, and through the Olympics, big Dave Anderson. So let's talk about how this season looked fantasy-wise. Let's start by counting down the top 50 players. At number 50, Chauncey Billups of the Pistons. This was his age 26 season. He scored 16 a game, only under four assists, which is obviously pretty poor for a point guard player. He hit two threes a game. That was his best category, and his free throws were pretty strong as well at 88%. This wasn't the best season of Billups' career. This was as he was sort of starting to break in, uh, and yeah, it was, it was his best season to date. Um, first as a member of the Pistons, and then he really pushed it up, and his best years were uh, the last season as a member of the Pistons, and his second season as a member of the Nuggets, as he was able to get those assist numbers up. This was a weirdly low season for assists. He had five and a half the year before, and then dropped back off to where he'd been in his first couple of seasons. Billups bounced around quite a bit. First season in Toronto, then two in Denver, uh, then two in Minnesota, and then uh, that run in Detroit, and then Denver, the Knicks, the Clippers, and of course the Pistons uh, at the end of his his career again. I remember back July 2019, I was uh, in Las Vegas for Summer League. It was 2 a.m. we just gotten back to the hotel and my girlfriend was like, oh, I really feel like some food. So we decided to download the Postmates app and grabbed ourselves some fried chicken. If you're like me, you're probably thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're already eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver that food from every restaurant that I can think of right to your door. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, though. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and anything else you can think of as well. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. No more trips to the store, especially in this uh, shutdown type environment. No more late night fast food runs. You don't have to worry about where you're going to grab your lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That is an amazing offer. While we're trying to social distance and keep ourselves at home to limit the spread of this coronavirus, let Postmates help you out to keep yourselves at home. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So he was your number 50 player at number 49, Jalen Rose, playing for the Bulls in this season. Age 29, he played 82 games. He averaged 41 minutes a game, Jalen Rose. Uh, that is huge. 22 points a game. Uh, shot the free throws really well. You know, pretty inefficient from the, the field overall, just 41% there. Hit 37% of his threes. And we're starting to get a little bit more into modern era three-point shooting as opposed to the last two historical recap shows where if someone hit 0.73s, they were you know, at the top of the league. Now you've got to be hitting you know, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 to really get into that, uh, that category of being a useful three-point contributor. And uh, those real big standout guys, yeah, they need to be hitting you know, two, two and a half type threes to be a real winner in that category for fantasy. So things are starting to modernize a little bit in that area. Um, Rose averaged five assists per game as well. Yeah, pretty low defensive numbers, but he's really sort of carried through by his scoring and his free throw numbers as a fantasy guy. Number 48, Brent Barry, age 31 season. This wasn't Barry's best season. In fact, Brent Barry in the 0102 season, the year before this one, he was the ninth ranked fantasy player. So you'd be pretty pissed if you happened to draft him in those early stages there as he fell from ninth to 48th. He went from in 2000 to 2001 in that season with the uh, with the Sonics. He was the 69th ranked player. 
Giggity. He went to ninth, so what a steal that was. And then he dropped back to 48, and he was never able to crack the, uh, crack the top 20 again. He went 23rd the following year and then was outside the top 150 for almost every other season of his career. So a nice little sort of late prime surge here from Barry. Um, in that year before this one, it's still pretty strong here. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, he average, which uh, is nice out of position numbers there. 1.5 steals is pretty strong. He wasn't able to get too much happening with the, the blocks or with the percentages. The good three-pointers, those assists and steals, really, really useful. Uh, from ben, Brent Barry. At number 47, Matt Harpering of the Utah Jazz. He averaged almost 18 points a game. He shot 41% from three, but pretty low volume. The reason he was able to push his ranking up so high was his field goal percentage, 51% from the field, which is a pretty strong number on a pretty high usage. Everything else was sort of just average-ish. The assists were, weren't great. Everything else was sort of just okay, I guess, from Harpering. But the fact that he was able to have such a high field goal percentage, and this was his only ever top 100 season. So one of those blokes, again, who the, the two years before wasn't even a top 130 guy, then you get him late, he has his big breakout, and then he falls off completely and uh, doesn't go back inside the top 100 ever again in his career because that field goal percentage just stood out. He wasn't really able to get back to that number. In fact, the year after that, he lost four percentage points on his shooting and 11 percentage points on his free throw numbers. That is a huge, huge drop-off, and his three-pointers went from 41 down to 24%. So just a weird, weird outlier season from Matt Harpering in this year. Number 46, Rashad Lewis of the Sonics. Uh, Lewis would go on to have better seasons than this, of course, when he was a, 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 a not a, well, a member of the Magic, but also his last season with the Sonics as well. He peaked as the 14th best player in 06-07, but this was a, still a pretty strong year from uh, Lewis, who had a nice seven-year run as a top 50 player. 40 minutes a game is obviously ridiculous, but very much like a prime Rudy Gay sort of a player, just solid numbers right across the board. No category exceeded one Z score, a standard score of one. Nothing went above that. In in fact, his best category was points at 0.76 in a Z score, and nothing went below 0. negative or negative 0.75 in a Z score, and that was his assist number. So everything was just really around that average mark, a strong enough roto player who's not hurting you anywhere, but not really giving you big, big production in any one category. 18, 6.5, 1.3 steals, half a block, 45 and 82, just solid, strong numbers from Rashad Lewis. Uh Alan Iverson's mate, Eric Snow, comes in next at number 45. This was his only top 50 season of his career. He'd sort of hovered around that back end between 50 and 100 for four or five years before this. And after this, the bottom really fell out from Snow. Despite playing 36 minutes the following season, he never was able to be a top 100 player again. He averaged 13 points per game, but he was able to get to this level by six and a half assists and 1.6 steals. He also helped by shooting 86 from the line. So it just shows you, you have three strong categories. You can be that top 50 guy, and that's why rankings in terms of drafting players in fantasy is not always going to be the answer to your problems because it's about where what contributes to those rankings. How do you how do you get to that number? Doesn't make sense to pick them in that particular point, as I bang on about all the time. Eric Snow only averaged 13 points per game, but those assists, the um, the steals are nice. He shot 22% from three, absolutely horrific three-point shooter for a point guard, just could not hit anything. His numbers uh, from deep are atrocious, really. Uh, next, we look at Wally Serbiak, who came in at number 44 in this 02-03 season. Serbiak had three top 50 seasons throughout his career. This was the, the third worst of those. He had two uh, finishes at number 42. Strong scoring numbers from Serbiak, really strong across both percentages, 48 and 87 from the field and from the line. 42% three-point shooter, who if he'd been playing in today's um, game, he would have, I reckon he'd be like almost a three threes per game guy. He shot over 40% from three in seven of his final eight seasons. Like that is ridiculous. And the volume wasn't great, but yeah, obviously he would be able to bump that up. And those years where he's playing 35 minutes a night now, he'd probably be a 20-point scorer for a couple of years, hitting three threes a game, which would have given him a, a lot of fantasy value. But you know, I think we would have seen a lot more of that unlock from Serbiak. Didn't do a huge amount else. Defensive stats, rebounds, not really there, but that elite efficiency, great from the line as well, pushed him right up here to number 44 on our list. Next at 43 is Jerry Stackhouse. 
Um, he played 39 minutes a game in 70 games. Average over 21 points per game. The free throws were unbelievable. Almost eight attempts per game, 88% from the line. Unfortunately, the field goal percentage was rough, but getting those numbers along with some pretty strong assist numbers, four and a half assists per game, brought Stackhouse into this area. This is in his peak year. Uh, 2000, 2001 was his best season where he averaged almost 30 points per game. Again, not another one of those rough ones. You had him in 2000, 2001, and then he went down from 18 to 44 and then 43 this year. And then after this, this season, again, another one of these ones, you go, okay, well, he's never going to be a second round guy, but a solid enough third, fourth round guy. Stackhouse was never a top 100 player ever again after this season. He went from playing 39 minutes a game down to next season where he only played 26 games. He played 30 minutes and he was never able to get back to over 30 minutes a game after this. So this was the end of the Stackhouse uh, era, I guess, as, as much as we want to call it an era. At number 42, Catino Mobley, of course, uh, now rocking that big, thick gray beard in the uh, in the big three league. Mobley had uh, a, some real strong fantasy seasons, eight seasons in a row of being a top 100 guy. Uh, he had three top 50 seasons, five top 60 seasons, uh, six top 70 seasons. This was um, uh, his second best year overall for fantasy. He played 42 minutes a night. He hit threes at a really high rate as well, 1.5 a game, almost 18 points. Good from the free throw line, 86% there, solid enough with his steals. You know, lacks in the rebounds and assist numbers, but nice steals, nice percentages, uh, well, nice, sorry, uh, free throws and hitting those threes at a strong level. Gets Mobley all the way up there to number 42. Let's have a look now at the next portion of this list. At number 41, it is Michael Fit Finley of the Dallas Mavericks. 29, age 29 season, 38 minutes a night for Finley. He averaged 19 points per game back here, 1.7 triple. So really bringing it in those categories as well as free throws. Not much else happening there with Finley. A solid enough rebounder, six per game, but everything else sort of either average or well below average. Um, you know, 1.1 steals. Finley. Uh, actually had a uh, multitude of top 25 seasons, three of those, and five top 30 seasons. His best year, 99-2000 for the Mavericks, where he averaged 23 points in 42 minutes a night. Still pretty strong year, but he started that little bit of a decline playing four fewer minutes than he did there that season two years ago. He's still scoring pretty well, but we saw some of those numbers, especially the assist rate for Finley drop-off, who was a real surprise second-round guy for the three or four years in a row. Um as a member of the Mavericks in the late 90s. At number 40, as I said, this is the end of his career. Johnny Stockton still coming in at the age of 40, being the 40th ranked player. Played 28 minutes a night. Only scored 11 points, but almost 8 assists and 1.7 steals. And the unbelievable percentages, 48% and 83% from the free throw line for Johnny Stockton in his final season. This wasn't his worst fantasy year. He struggled early on in his career where he had three consecutive seasons of not being a top 50 guy. And then he had, what, 12 seasons in a row of being a top 10 guy. And then uh, after 97, 98, fell into that third or fourth round territory. But to be doing this at age 40, still in only 28 minutes a game, giving you eight assists and 1.7 steals is pretty remarkable. One of the best fantasy players of all time is Johnny Stockton. Of course, the next bloke, not only one of the best fantasy players of all time, arguably the greatest player of all time. It is Big Mick J. Michael Jordan. This was his last season in the NBA at age 39. Like Stockton, he was the 39th ranked player, just getting their rankings going with their age. He played all 82 games in his final season, 37 minutes a night, 20 points per game, six rebounds, four assists, and 1.5 steals. We saw those legendary steal numbers really drop off for Jordan, where he was over two steals per game for nine consecutive seasons. Down to 1.5 here. His efficiency, which had been you know, 53% for many years, fell down to 45%. Didn't get to the line anywhere near his peak where he was you know, 10, 9 attempts per game, just 4 attempts per game. But again, the bloke's 40 years old. So the, he still averaged 20 points per game, never averaged under 20 a game uh, throughout his career. Of course, never was a good 3-point shooter, a, uh, apart from those couple of weird years where they brought the 3-point line in. And nothing really changed here for Jordan, but still an unbelievable fantasy asset. Yeah, scoring those 20 points, giving you good steals, above average rebounds and assists, good free throw numbers. Just, of course, nowhere near his absolute peak, which nobody should really be surprised about whatsoever. 
At number 38, it is the man who allegedly is not on steroids, Mike Bibby, with his gigantic arms. This was close to his best season. He did uh, peak in the, the year after at number 18. Uh, playing for the Kings here, age 24 season, 16 points with 5 assists and 1.3 steals, but really efficient from the field as well. 47%, 41% on his threes, a really, really strong three-point shooter. Again, more volume would have helped him in that area, and that did start to happen towards the end of his career, but getting yeah, solid enough assist numbers, but weirdly, his second year in Vancouver, or his two years in Vancouver, he averaged over eight assists per game. Moved to Sacramento, and we got five assists per game. And that is, there's a big drop in his fantasy numbers that did cause that. He was a little bit of a steal this season because the year before that, he was the 86th ranked player, so jumped up to 38 despite only playing 55 games. So a bit of a jump up. That helped with the increase in efficiency, more scoring, and a big, big jump in his three-point shooting for this year. Next up, we've got your mate, uh, Meta World Peace, of course, Ron Artest. He's age 23 season as a member of the Indiana Pacers. Not his best season because a couple of years later, he would be the third overall player in 04-05. But this is really the second year of the, his strong run. He started the year before as the 50, or sorry, 37th year before that and 51st. No, no, sorry. Let's try that again. The year before that, 51st, 37th this year, then 33 and 3 after that. Had a couple of top 25 seasons uh, a little bit after that. Big Ron Artest. Uh, he averaged 15.5 points per game, but he really got it done with steals. Really one of those players where steals skews the rankings. Below average field goals, below average free throws, um, but got 2.3 steals per game. Below average assists, below average rebounds, ba- basically average threes and points. Very Otto Porterish in terms of the rankings pushed up because the steals are so high. Chris Dunn, you know those sort of players whose numbers, Robert Covington a little bit, but he got blocks blocks and three. So that is why our test numbers were able to push up so high because of his ability to get steals. At number 36, it's Antoine Jameson who was playing for the Golden State Warriors, his final year for the Warriors. This was his second best overall year. He did have a a season in 08-09 as a member of the Wizards, where he was the 33rd ranked player in his age 32 season, so a bit of a a jump up there. Uh, 39 minutes a game this season for Jameson. He would go to the Mavericks the next season and play only 29 minutes a game. He averaged 22 points this season, which is obviously strong, and did it on some pretty good field goal numbers, 47%. But like we talked about on the last historical recap show, in these, in this time, in this season, 47% was actually a really strong positive in field goals. It's when the league was starting to shoot more threes, not doing it as well, and the shot profile was changing a little bit, dropping overall field goal percentage. So he shot it. Uh, no, he didn't shit. He sat at 47%. And that was considered well above average. Whereas now, if you're at 47 48%, you are right on average. The av- I'm trying to find what the average number was. 45% from the field in this season was still marginally above average. So we're looking at 445 I found the number actually here. Uh, 45 on the nose, like right 45% is a league average or fantasy league mean uh, for your standard scores for field goal percentage. So Jameson, when he comes in here and shoots 47%, he puts it above average. And also 79 from the line well, it was solid enough. But really, it's those points that are getting him through and pushing him into this area. After uh, Antoine Jameson at number 35, still a member of the Memphis Grizzlies, Pau Gasol, age 22 season. It's his second year in the league. He came in and basically put up big numbers from his first season. He had uh, a huge, huge stretch here, 11 seasons in a row of being a top 70 player, and 10 of those 11 seasons were top 50 years. He uh, put up strong numbers for 10, 12, 15 seasons almost until the last couple have been a little bit down from Gasol. This was his second year, averaging 19 and 9. He gave you 1.8 blocks, strong, really strong field goal percentage, 51%. Wasn't shooting threes at all, which didn't really start to come until the end of his career, which again still didn't even happen in big volume. But blocks, boards, scoring, high field goal percentage was Pau Gasol. His uh, best season topped out in 10-11, where he was the 12th ranked player, averaging 19 and 10 with 1.6 blocks. At number 34, it was Alan Houston. He was getting towards the end of his career here, age 31 season. Played 38 minutes, though, in 82 games. Averaged 22.5 points and hit an absolute shit ton of threes. 2.2 threes for Alan Houston. This would be really the last of his great seasons. He would go to be the 80th ranked player the year before that. And then the year after that in 0405 was his last NBA season where he played only 20 games and things fell off. The most threes he hit in a season for the first time since 95-96 
So good numbers there from Houston in that category. Shot 40%. He does very little else. Anemic, Nick Young would be proud of these rebound numbers. 2.8 boards, 2.7 assists, 0.7 steals. Just horrendous numbers in most categories. But the threes were great. The scoring was great. And then 92% from the line on five attempts. A real three-category guy who just pisses all over the other ones. But they were so strong, they were able to push him up to number 34 overall. And then at number 33 was Rashid Wallace of the Portland Trailblazers. 36 minutes, 18 and 7 with one and a half threes. Rashid, a real renaissance man, being that big man, coming out there as a center and shooting threes. It wasn't his best season. That was the 2000-2001 year, but strong numbers around that, you know, third or fourth round range for five or six seasons in a row was Rashid Wallace. Banging in threes, good rebounds, blocking a steal per game, the original triple one type of a player. Good field goal percentage. We would have hoped for a little bit more from the free throws, but it wasn't a complete disaster there. He was able to work into mid-70s territory. Obviously not a punt guy, just a really strong guy who provided some out-of-position numbers, giving you those threes from the center position while still maintaining a very high field goal percentage. Let's move on now to number 32. Talk about a great fantasy player back in his prime, Andre Kirilenko. This was uh, Kirilenko's second NBA season. The year after this is when he'd really push up and become the third-ranked player. So 32nd this year. He played only 28 minutes a night to be ranked number 32. So you would have looked at him in drafts and go, well, look at that, 28 minutes a night. Uh, can he take that third-year leap and play more minutes? And if you had taken a flyer on him in the third round, you would have been handsomely rewarded because he went from 28 minutes to 37 minutes the year after and became that third-ranked player. This season, we saw those glimpses. We got 1.5 steals. We got 2.2 blocks. We got 49 and 80, like great percentages. We didn't really have uh, the assist numbers coming through as they would the next year. The rebounds weren't quite there. The three-point shooting wasn't quite there. And and most of that's due to volume, though, and due to minutes. But we saw the... um, the, the, the makings of a great fantasy player. In fact, for this season, on per 36 numbers, he was the sixth ranked player in per 36 fantasy value. So I don't remember the exact narrative around the time, but if there was any talk that Kirilenko would be playing a bigger role heading into this season, would have been a great guy to target in those... Um, in those second or third rounds the following season because this was the beginning of that real sort of uh, elevation that he had for a couple of years as an absolute fantasy monster. Um, After him, we have Doug Christie towards the end of his career, age 32 year for Christie with the Kings, 34 minutes, only nine points per game. So how was he ranked so high? Almost five assists, 2.3 steals is the answer, plus good percentage numbers, 48 and 81, enabled Christie to push back up here to be a 31st ranked player. Back in 97-98 with the Raptors, he was the 13th ranked player overall, but we saw that scoring drop way off. This was really the, the not, not the beginning of the decline because that happened a couple of years later when he joined the Magic, but seeing that offensive production really drop off from Chris, he still maintained the good percentages, but it's the steal numbers, which are really his fantasy bread and butter, and we saw that here again. At number 30, Vince Carter for the Raptors, age 25 season, only 43 games this year, 21 points per game for Vince. That was really his value is getting the scoring. Yeah, solid enough in both percentages, though. Helps to keep his numbers uh, way up there. Not his best year. A couple of years ago, he was the third best player overall in 2000-2001 when he played 40 minutes a game and scored 28 points. He shot... A bit of a disappointing 34% from three this season, and that saw his three-point shooting cut in half. He went from two threes a game to one three a game. If he had been able to maintain two threes a game, I think we would have seen him back in the top 50. Sorry, back inside the top 15 for this season. At 29, Gilbert Arenas comes in only age 20 here for Gilbert. This was his second season in the NBA, but the first season of him being a big-time player. He was 91st the year before that for the Warriors, jumped up and played 35 minutes a game here, 18 points. He got over six assists. He got 1.5 steals. So that's where his value is, points and threes and assists and steals. And then it would start a nice run where he would peak in 06, 07 as the third best fantasy player, averaging 28, four and a half and six with 1.9 steals. Some really elite type numbers. This was the beginning because the year before this, he was the 91st ranked player. So that was as a 19-year-old. So if you saw him going from 25 to 35 minutes a night, you would have been handsomely rewarded in fantasy basketball drafts. At number 28, Jamal Mashburn. 
this uh, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. Actually, this was the season where the Charlotte Hornets moved to become the New Orleans Hornets. So um, this was here, him uh, as a member of the New Orleans Hornets in 2002-2003. Uh, this is Jamal Mashburn, weirdly enough, in the age 30 season, his best ever fantasy season. 41 minutes a night, 22 points per game. He averaged almost six assists. And I think of Jamal Mashburn, I don't think of a guy averaging six assists per game. That is a huge, huge step forward for him. He shot the three ball really well also. Unfortunately, the field goal percentage overall was rough, but a good free throw shooter. But it's getting six assists out of Jamal. Mashburn is uh, absolutely a surprise to be sure but a welcome one next after Mashburn at number 27 that is Baron Davis also of the New Orleans Hornets teammate of Jamal Mashburn this was his fourth season in the NBA he would really peak or the year after this he would take a step forward but as a member of the Warriors in 07-08 was his best fantasy year he played 38 minutes a night here averaging 17 points with 6 assists and 1.8 steals and he would take that massive leap the year after he'd go to a 23 point per game guy 7.5 assists 2.4 steals Unfortunately, his field goal percentage was absolutely rough through his career. He had multiple sub-40% shooting years, and he wasn't a good free-throw shooter either. So hurt you in both percentages nearly every year of his career, and sometimes to a huge degree. In fact, the season before this, he was a 58% shooter from the line. That is horrendous from a guard, um, but he Big volume threes, good assists, good scoring, good steals, just really rough statistical profile in terms of percentages. So a guy that would have made you have to sort of adjust how you um, base your team. Talked about it earlier, but this was Carl Malone's final season in Utah, and he still put up a great year to be the uh, 26th ranked player. Now, he was 15th the year before that. He'd go to the Lakers the next year and fall off again to become the 60th ranked player, but age 39, so outstripping both Jordan and Stockton in terms of fantasy value. 21 and 8. He averaged almost five assists this season, the best assist season of his career. 1.7 steals. You don't really associate Malone with getting huge steal numbers. Of course, no blocks because he never did that. And we saw his legendary field goal percentage numbers drop off and the free throws fell a little bit, but way better than what they were when he entered the league as an absolute guaranteed must punt player. Still didn't hit any threes. He was never really able to do that throughout his career. At number 24 is the big dog, Glenn Robinson, not to be confused with his son, the little dog, Glenn Robinson the third. Uh, Robinson here for the Hawks, age 29 season, 21 points per game. He hit threes, 1.3 a game, excellent from the free throw line. He also got 1.3 steals and almost seven rebounds. So a really underrated fantasy guy who had six consecutive seasons of being a top 35 player. In fact, he had nine consecutive seasons of being a top 40 guy, starting with his rookie season. So unbelievable from the word go. And then uh, after this season was when the drop-off really happened for Glenn Robinson. He went to Philadelphia and dropped out to be the 90th ranked player. Uh, and then injuries took their toll. He only played 42 games and then nine the season after for the Spurs. And that was the end of Robinson in the NBA. But an underrated player and a really, really solid fantasy guy across those years of his career. At number 23, Eddie Jones, another player who I don't think many people would realize in the 99-2000 season, he was the fourth best fantasy player in that season. Eddie Jones here now fell off a bit, 23rd ranked player, only played 47 games, but 19 points with over two threes a game. That's where his value really came from. Solid enough steals and assists and free throw percentage, but getting threes, he was that three-point specialist type of fantasy guy through most of his career. That's how he was able to jump it up, as well as early career where he was averaging a shit ton of steals, over two steals a game for five out of his first six NBA seasons. Eddie Jones is the number 24th, uh, 23rd ranked player here. At 22, it was the glove Gary Payton, Age 34 season here for Peyton, played 40 minutes a game and still averaged 20 points per game in 2002-2003. He had three consecutive seasons as being the second-ranked overall player, so we're starting to see his decline. And In fact, after this season, he would go to the Lakers and he would never be a top 50 player again. He averaged, of course, 1.7 steals. We know the strength of him there. Eight assists per game, just huge numbers in assists and steals from Gaza. Not bad field goal percentage. Free throws were a little rough this year after being solid enough, but he was never considered a great free throw shooter. But at this age, playing 40 minutes, putting up scoring numbers like this with those assists and steals, Peyton continued to be, you know, for many, many years, an unbelievably good fantasy player. 
At number 21, Stojakovic. Um, he played 34 minutes a game for the Kings in his age 25 season. This isn't his best season because the following season, Pager would be the number two overall fantasy player. That is astonishing to think of when he averaged 24 points per game. This year, he averaged 19 with over two threes per game. So he, it was really the threes that, that drove that, but also really strong percentages, 48 from the field, 88 from the line, 38% from three. And after this season, he would have five consecutive 40 point, uh, 40 percentage, try again, three-point shooting seasons of over 40%. Uh, yeah, great from there. Just a really, again, underrated fantasy guy. But that weird season after this one was the outlier where he was the, the second best player. And then he'd go back to being that third-round guy. Uh, for He was the third-round guy for you know four seasons surrounding that number two year. And then he would fall off pretty sharply after he went to the um, Pacers and then to the Pelicans and then in, in Dallas, where he was serviceable enough as a background sort of guy, but never that early-round player that he was for five consecutive years. At number 20, Sharif Abdul-Rahim from the Hawks, age 26 season, 38 minutes, 20 points, eight and a half boards. Yeah, not much happening defensively, but it's really that elite uh, percentage numbers, an 84% shooting um, guy who also was really strong, uh, 84 from the line, that is also really strong from the field, 48% overall. Didn't hit many threes, but good scoring with good percentages and solid enough reboundings for Abdul Rahim is uh, really strong. He just had some deficiencies in yeah, other numbers like steals and assists. They were still okay. They just weren't all that strong. So Abdul Rahim was your number 20 ranked player. At number 29, uh, sorry, at number 19, the 33-year-old Sam Cassell of the Bucks. 35 minutes, 20 points, 6 assists, almost 4.5 boards. Strong percentage numbers again from Cassell here. He would go on the year after this to have his best ever fantasy season as a member of the Timberwolves as the 11th ranked player where he was able to up his assist numbers and improve even further on his efficiency numbers. But this was still a strong season from Cassell, his second best fantasy season at the age of 33. So really a late bloomer. I remember Cassell coming in as a rookie in that 93-94 season uh, and really struggled to, to break into a, a big, big role for a few years uh, and sort of came of age as a Bucks uh, player and a Timberwolves player in those uh, couple of seasons that we're talking about here. At number 18, Stefan Marbury comes in uh, age 25 season. He played 40 minutes a game, 22 points, only shot 30% from three, but took enough of them to hit over one a game. Eight assists, 1.3 steals, solid enough from the free throw line as well. Uh, Marbury had a three-year window starting with this season of being a top 20 player. He also had a top 20 season in 98-99 as a member of the Timberwolves. This was his last season as a member of the Suns. He would go on to play the next two with the Knicks and play 40 minutes a game there and be a 20-point-per-game scorer. He was a points guy, but mostly he was a high-assist player, averaging eight assists per game for four consecutive years. In fact, uh, from his rookie season through to his age 27 season, the lowest amount of assists he averaged was 7.6. So that is a, a big, big run from Marbury as that assist specialist who chipped in with steals, gave you some points, hit some threes, and was relatively strong from the free throw line as well. At number 17, Chris Webber. We talked about Webber quite a bit in the last show because... Yeah, that was uh, his rookie season, but this was, uh, it was sort of towards the end of his really strong run. The year before this, he was the fourth ranked player. He dropped to 17 here and then 59 the year after his injuries started to take their toll. He would have another 20 point per game season as a member of the Sixers in 05-06, but here he averaged 23 and 11 with five and a half assists, 1.6 deals and 1.3 blocks. Still really good, but an inexplicable drop in his free throws from 75 down to 61 is what caused him to fall out of the top 10 to become this player at number 17. That is a weird, weird drop from free throws, and you weren't expecting to have to punt free throws with Weber, although early in his career you were. He had that three-year run of being a 70-plus free throw guy, and then after this weird drop, he would be a 70-plus guy for the next three seasons again. So just a weird drop that one of those things that we can't really explain when we're looking to draft these players. Steve Nash at number 16. Nash playing for the Mavericks this season. 82 games, 33 minutes. We know what his strength was. He still only averaged 7.3 assists per game. We know Nash as being that 11-10 yeah, guy per game, which gave that huge value. So a little bit down here, only 7 assists per game as the 16th ranked player. But this was the first time he cracked the top 20. He wouldn't leave the top 20 until the 2010 season where he was 24th overall. 
Just bonkers numbers from Nash, always getting you those good assist numbers. Now, he didn't really give you anything else. Normally, we associate high assist guys with getting good steals. He wasn't that. He really only had one, uh, sorry, two seasons over one steal per game, and they were 1.03 and 1.04. 1.04 happened in this season. He didn't block any shots, but his free throw percentage was elite. He was good from the field. He hit a lot of threes at a really high percentage, just a consistent 40-plus guy. He would have been a three threes per game sort of a player in these days, I believe, with how well he shot it. He just would have been prioritizing that. Never a 20-point per game scorer either which always uh, sort of dropped off his overall fantasy ceiling, but still, obviously, really, really good. At number 15, Jermaine O'Neal. The age uh, 24 season, he played 37 minutes a night. This would be O'Neal's best fantasy year, averaging 21 and 10. He also blocked 2.3 shots and did it on 48% shooting with 73 from the line, which is not great. The problem, why that was bad, though, um, for O'Neal, 73 is okay. Like I said, 75 uh, sorry, 77 is around average for free throws, but he took 6.6 attempts per game, which really did drop down his overall uh, ability there. Like That is a big negative just because of that increased volume um, of shooting. And now this year, 70, actually, this was a high free throw year. 79 was about medium from free throw percentage. So to be under that by a few percentage, but then take yeah that large amount of attempts was really quite a significant negative. Now he was able to bump up to become a 76% shooter for multiple seasons after after this just didn't happen here, obviously. At number 14, Allen Iverson of the Sixers, age 27 season, played 43 minutes and averaged 28 points per game. He averaged 2.7 steals, but of course, as a point guard, he didn't shoot the three ball very well, and he won a game on 28% low assist numbers, and of course, really low field goal percentage. He was that guy that if you drafted him, you knew you were punting field goal percentage. It would get it was much worse the year before this, where he was at under 40%, and it was much worse the year after this, where he was at 39%. Huge usage, huge volume, good scoring numbers, but just could not get the ball to fall in. It was just high usage, but the fact is, that those points and those elite steal numbers with okay assists, not great assists, okay assists, they'd actually spike a few years later when he averaged eight a game and then over seven for the three years after that. But he hadn't really got to that level just yet, but it was big volume points, big volume steals, and you had to deal with that negative in field goal percentage from Iverson. At number 13, interesting to see Jason Terry here. He's age 25 season uh, with the Hawks. Two threes a game, that helped him. But also seven and a half assists with 1.6 deals. We don't. Well, I don't really associate Terry as being this really high assist guy for a good reason because this was two assists per game better than any other season he had in his career. So this was this real sort of out of nowhere assist bump. But the year before that, he was the 18th ranked player, so still pretty good. But he just was able to give you those extra assists. What happened is the year before that, as the ranked 18 player, his steals were higher. So he sort of dropped in steals and increased in assists. Still a negative in field goal percentage, but his free throws were obviously yeah, really strong through nearly all of his career. And he hit threes at a very, very good level. We know that about Jason Terry. At number 12, Elton Brand, he was a fantasy beast back in his heyday. He topped out at being the sixth-ranked player in 05-06. He was 12th in this season, averaging 18.5 and 11 with 2.6 blocks on 50% shooting. Bit of a punt free throw guy at only 69%. Giggity. But everything else, really strong. Didn't hit threes, low assists. Solid enough steal numbers, though, from Brand, who comes in here at number 12. At number 11, Steve Francis played 81 games for the Rockets, 41 minutes, 21 points. He gave us six rebounds and six assists and 1.7 steals. So that's where his value comes from. 80% from the line as well is still pretty good. Well, it is good. It's a positive. It's not a huge, huge positive on massive volume, but still a good season from Francis. Not his best season. His second year in the NBA, Francis was the fifth-ranked overall player. Um on you know, the uh, the three point volume was higher back then than it was in this season. He hit one point seven. He was down to one per game, and then after this, it would start to drop off. Of course, uh, injuries would take their toll later in his career. But he had a strong six year run of being a top thirty five player, and this was his second best overall fantasy season. At number ten, it is of course it's Big Shaq. 
Big Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, age 30 season from Shaq as a member of the Lakers, 28 and 11 with three assists and 2.4 blocks. Of course, the free throw percentage drops him right down. If you're punting free throws, he's right up the top here in the top two or three. 62% on 11 attempts puts him just way out. You can't, you can't compete in that category, but field goal percentage, unbelievable. Blocks, really strong. Good points, good rebounds. That very specific you're like a Christmas tree. Bright greens on your Z scores, bright reds as well. Points and rebounds, blocks and field goals, you're done, especially field goals. Free throw percentage, yeah, you're not going to be able to recover from that. But that was the perils of building around Big Shaq in fantasy seasons back then. At number nine is Paul Pierce of the Celtics, age 25 season for Pierce. Averaged 26 points this season with seven rebounds and four and a half assists. 1.8 steals and 0.8 blocks. Really strong numbers. Field goal percentage let him down, just 42%. Now, Pierce would be a guy later on in his career that'd be a 46-47 guy, be able to correct that real uh, negative here. This was a weird sort of two-year uh, span where he's, the shots just wouldn't go in. He couldn't shoot. He was at 45 and 44 the years before that, but that dropped off in this season. But getting those strong rebounds along with good assists and good steals is why Pierce was the ninth-ranked player. Unfortunately, the year before this, he was the second-ranked player. So it was a little bit of a drop-off, especially if you went to pick him in that top four or five. At number eight, we have got his uh, future teammate, Ray Allen, then a member of the Sonics. 38 minutes a night, 22.5 points with 2.6 threes. That is where Ray Allen's main value came from. He also averaged 4.5 assists and 1.4 steals, but hitting uh, 2.6 threes per game was just so much better than nearly everybody else that those numbers were strong. 92% from the line as well from Allen pushes him all the way up to number 8. At number seven, it's your favorite coach, Jason Kidd. This wasn't the best year of his career. In 98-99 with the Suns, he was the number one overall ranked player. This season, he was seventh, averaging 19 points, 1.6 threes. Not a good shooter, but he hit enough in volume and became a good three-point shooter. Uh, nine assists, six rebounds, 2.2 steals. We know this guy was the king of getting those triple doubles on low scoring, but he actually averaged 19 points per game. This was the highest scoring season of Kidd's career. Never had a 20-point per game year, but 19-6-9 with 2.2 steals is really strong and 84% from the line, considering when he started three years in a row of being under 70%. So worked at that, worked at his three-point shooting, and you've got to give him credit as a player to be able to do that and be a real absolute fantasy beast for five years in a row as a top 13 player. Uh, sorry, six years in a row as a top 15 player. Really, really strong, and yeah, multitudes of years in a row of being a second-round guy. I think we're looking at 12 years in a row of being a second-round fantasy player. At number six, it was the MVP, Tim Duncan. 23 points, 13 rebounds, four assists with 2.9 blocks. Free throws were always a concern for Duncan. He was a punt guy for a couple of years, especially the year after this, where he was at an inexplicable 60% from the line on big volume. He was at 71% here, which is still a punt sort of a guy, but not a complete guaranteed must-punt player. 23 points was strong. The rebounding really good. The block numbers really good. The field goal percentage really good from Dunk as well. And then we go on to the top five. It is, of course, everyone's favorite fantasy player, Sean Marion of the Phoenix Suns. Age 24 season, Marion was able to contribute right across the board. This kicked off a run of six consecutive top six seasons for Marion. This was his fourth year in the NBA. The year before this, he was 11th. The year before that, 14th. He went after this, five, or concluding this season, five, 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 one, five, six. They were his fantasy ranks. 42 minutes, 21 points, 1.73s, almost 10 boards, two and a half assists, 2.3 steals, 1.2 blocks, uh, and 45% from the field and 85 from the line. So basically a positive contributor in every category apart from assists. He was an absolute fantasy star for years and years and years. Big steals, big rebounds, big assists, solid scoring, good three-pointers, good free throw percentage, and was able to become a 50% plus field goal guy as well. Marion, an absolute animal in terms of his fantasy numbers. 
at number four, KG, Kevin Garnett, as a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. This After this season, he would be the number one player two years in a row. He was a number one player at another point in his career in 99-2000. He had three overall number one finishes. He played 41 minutes, averaged 23 and 13. He could shoot the three a little bit. He didn't really do it very much and didn't want to do that. Six assists a game for KG is massive. 1.4 steals with 1.6 blocks on 50% shooting. The free throws were weirdly down from 80 the year before to 75, but just unbelievable production across the board. The rebounding was huge. One of the best rebounders in the league, along with scoring, along with assists, which is the big surprise when you consider the position that he played. At number three, Dirk Nowitzki. He was ridiculous. This was in the middle of a... Um, let's try and count how many seasons here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 seasons in a row of being a top 13 player. This was a couple of years into this streak. Equal best finish of his fantasy career at number 3. 25 and 10 for Dirk. He averaged a block a game, amazingly, with 1.4 steals. Elite from the line, 88% on 7 attempts and hit threes as well. Again, that big man providing out-of-position numbers, getting you the threes and providing great free throw percentage. Dirk was a fantasy monster for many, many years. At number two, it is your NBA's points scoring leader, Tracy McGrady, 32 points a game for T-Mac. This was the best season of his career, age 23 season as a member of the Magic. Amazingly, this was his age 23 season, and he'd already played five years before this, coming in as an 18-year-old with the Raptors. He'd really started to take off a couple of years before this, but he averaged 32 points, the best year of his career, uh, six and a half rebounds with five and a half assists and 1.7 steals. But the reason he's this high is that scoring along with those threes and then some assists and steals. But points and threes really pushed him up to be that number two player. And of course, at number one, if you're watching the video, you can see who it is. You probably know who it is if you're listening as well. It is Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers, his second And final number one overall season, 42 minutes for Kobe, 30 points, 1.5 threes, seven boards and six assists with 2.2 steals, 0.8 blocks was also a positive, 45% from the field, 84 from the line. He was a positive in every single fantasy category. You don't get those seasons very often where he was a, a positive contributor in eight categories. That was the season from Kobe. This was... As I said, his best, his second overall number one season, but his best overall number one season, better than when he did it in 2000, 2001, just contributing right across the board with a big points bump and a big steals bump and a pretty strong free throw bump as well. Kobe is your number one player in 2002, 2003, of course, RIP Kobe and Gianna. That'll do it for me today. Uh, be back tomorrow with another Dynasty-focused podcast, so make sure you're checking that, that one out. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>